When I get money, I get Gucci ho. I got money like I'm Gucci ho. I got money in my sneakers ho. I say okay, okay. Hey, what's good? Thank you for coming back to another episode of Ain't No Way, the podcast. This is your boy. No way, Jose. And I have someone special with me today. Someone who I can't even say is my friend. Um, it's more than a friend. Uh, definitely um, a big part of my life and who I am today. Um, you know, uh, I have my sister here with me. I'm going to let her introduce herself and um, yeah, let us have it. I pray that money never fade away. I got money, I got paid today. I got money, I got paid today. I say okay, okay. I say okay, okay. When I get money, I get each. Hello, everyone. This is Jetta. As he already said, I'm his sister, but I'm his favorite sister. Oh, you're going to get a lot of people on my neck for that. But we know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we got a we got an episode for y'all. Um, I think it's very fitting because a lot of people do go through this. You want to tell people what we're talking about or do you want me to tell them? Um, we are talking about, in short, mental health and trauma. So this one will definitely be a um, couple different episodes because... You know, a couple of different people have different mental health issues and or trauma that they've dealt with. Um, ours is more or less focused on more of a personal conversation um, based off of a traumatic experience that you've dealt with that, you know, could have, if it didn't, um, bring, you know, mental health issues. Uh, the reason why I'm having this episode is because her and I have uh, yet to really talk about this in detail. Um, I do know what happened. I was in Texas when it did happen. I didn't necessarily know all the details. Um, so we're briefly going to talk about it. Um, I definitely have some questions that I wanted to know, um, if you don't mind me asking and sharing with the people. Um, I did, you know, bring this up to her. She said she was cool with having this conversation because people can relate. Do you mm-hmm. think how like do you think people can relate? Absolutely. I think uh maybe they didn't go through exactly what I went through, but it's going to touch something that they may have experienced. Okay. Um so now nah, for sure definitely um and uh let's get into it. So um do you want to tell them exactly what happened? Yeah. Okay. So about three years ago, coming up on September 8th. Okay. This um, will be dropped that by will then. Be, yeah, that will be the three-year anniversary of my tr- the trauma I went through. Okay. So just to back up, um, September 6th, I, <coughs> well, a year prior to that, I was diagnosed with uh, fibroids in my uterus. Okay. And... Um, Probably my late teen years, I had been experiencing heavy cr- uh, bleeding and a lot of intensive cramping. Like, I had to get over-the-counter prescription. Okay. Um, and then eventually something happened one night, and it sent me to the emergency room. And I was diagnosed with uh, fibroids in my uterus, which is people can live with them. Um, but I went... And found an OBGYN here in Bear, Delaware. Do you want to plug your OBGYN? Uh, no, because it's an active lawsuit right now. Okay. Um, but I went to an OBGYN, and we pretty much went over a care plan. Um, at the time, I was dating, and so I wasn't really looking to get pregnant. So okay. we talked about the birth con- birth control option, which I went with that um, to help with the bleeding. Okay. But... The care of plan was if you want to have children, I would have to get this surgery in order to get it removed. Okay. Um, so there was about two options, but I tip, I, after time went by, I finally picked the option to just do what they call an open surgery. Okay. And so on September 6, 2017, I went to Christiana Hospital, underwent the surgery, 
for people who don't know, uh, Christiana Hospital is here in Delaware. Yes. Um, so my listeners who don't live in a local area as, you know, the people that do live here locally. Uh, so that's just a hospital here in Delaware. Uh, yeah. But go ahead. You went to Christiana. So I went to Christiana Hospital, had the surgery, and as far as we know, which at the time, as far as we knew, the surgery went well. Um, you know, I was supposed to stay in the hospital for two days, so I would have been discharged September 8th. Okay. Um, but early hours of the 7th, I started exhibiting a lot of, um, symptoms that would relate to internal bleeding. Okay. But no one at the hospital was catching these symptoms. So ultimately, by the time it was finally caught, um and I was rushed into their emergency room on the morning of September 8th. Uh, I was on the table, and by the time I was cut open, pretty much I was, my body was given out because I had lost over 70% of my blood. Okay. So it was the decision, hey, either take her uterus or she dies here on this table. And so because two days prior I had signed the consent, to a life-saving hysterectomy in the event I would need one, they took my uterus. Okay. So that is my trauma. I can no longer physically bear children. That's what it means. If you don't have a uterus, you cannot physically get pregnant and carry children. So um, to go more into detail, um, because, of course, you didn't know that that's, that, that surgery the removal of your uterus went on because clearly you're in surgery. Yes. Um, how were you told? How did you find out? And how did it make you feel? Because growing up, uh, to the people who actually know her, um, or you know, you don't necessarily have to know her, know her, but she always was like, I want kids. She literally had her life planned out, and for the most part, she kind of did everything she said she was going to do. Uh, from the time we were younger, she did say, you know, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to, this is that and the third. And literally her time, you know, she did what she said she mm-hmm. was going to do. One of those things which you no longer can do, or, well, you can. But not in the traditional But not in the traditional sense. Yes. Um, but, you know, you're missing out on a big part of, you know, having exactly. kids. Um, so she did say she wanted to have kids. So with that mindset of, like, I'm going to be able to have kids one day, this is that and the third. Um, how did you feel when you found out? So how did you find out and how did you feel when you found out, when you did eventually find out? Right. So September 8th, after the surgery, I was, um, on a ventilator until the very next day. So I was heavily sedated, didn't talk or didn't see anybody. Okay. I was finally taken off the machine and, um, I remember having a lot of visitors that day. Okay. And, um, I remember seeing my dad and my sister in the... Uh, I was in ICU um, for a couple of days, so I remember seeing them as soon as I, you know, like, woke up and the tubes were removed, but I didn't see them the rest of the day. Okay. And um, so it was a lot of family coming in. I guess at this point my dad has told, like, everyone, and so now everyone's at the hospital. Um, I remember at one point my sister and her husband were in the room, her fiancé at the time, but they were in the room, and then my cousin Adrian and my other sister Trees came in the room. And okay. I don't know if I felt their spirit or if something just came over me. And at that point, I said to them, I said, I think they took my uterus. Okay. So at that point, no one had told me anything. Okay. Um, I was like, because I have not seen my dad or my sister all day, I think they're avoiding me. Right. Um, little did I know... Tracy and Adrian were just told prior to coming in the room. Okay. And so I think I really did sense that that heaviness on them because I did hear, like, you know, they were crying and everything. So I think they kind of brought it in the room not realizing because you couldn't tell they were crying, but I felt it. Um, So It's just one of those things where, like, if you know, you know. Yeah, and if you and if you're close with people, you can kind of sense, like, when something's off. And I did. Um, So... They came in a room, and literally, they might have been in a room all of five minutes before the doctor came. Okay. And, of course, she asked for the room, and... 
they all left. She sat down and she told me. Um, it's my understanding that she asked my dad and sister, our dad, <laughs> if she could be the one to tell me. And so I guess they told her, yeah. And so she told me, and I, I do remember, like, she didn't get it all out, and I cried. Okay. I cried, of course. Because, um, because, because of? The, the last thing I said going to, into both my first surgery, at least I know, was, Dad, don't let them take my uterus. You know? Right. So I was heartbroken. Okay. If I could describe it anyway, it would be heartbreak. Okay. Because now you've taken something from me. I came to you to fix me. Right. And you broke so me more. So I could more. do something, and you took that away from me. Right. So right. 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 that's what I was going through. So you've had, what was it, fibroids? Fibroids. Okay. Uterine fibroids. Fibroids. So what... Just in case anyone doesn't know what fibroids are, they're just um, non-benign uh, tumorous mass that form in the uterus. Okay. That's all they are. So, um, I kind of was in like... I, I well, said non-benign. I'm sorry. They're benign. Okay. If it's malignant, that means cancers. They're benign. <laughs> okay. So, as far as the not having children, I was in a relationship with someone who... Um, it was difficult for her to have children, so I can only imagine um, how the two doesn't necessarily equate because mm -hmm. I mean one does still have their uterus and one doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but it was very it, it was very much harder. So um, it, it's it's safe to say that um, more than a few people can relate to not being able to have children, whether it's um, you know PCOS. That's what. Uh, that situation I was in had. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's PCOS or, you know, they don't have a uterus or they just, you know, something, it's, you know, whatever the something case is, I, yeah. I'm not a doctor, so I can't necessarily pull out all the medical terms and things, you know, out. But, you know, most people can't have children either, you know, every time they do try to fail mm -hmm. or, you know, they, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um. So... When you found out the information, of course, you cried, and um, we've talked about this, but, you know, if you don't mind sharing. Physic physically, emotionally, mentally, the next couple of days, how did that exactly make you feel? So, be okay, so I was in the hospital a total of 14 days. So, two weeks. Exactly. So... Mind you, even after the second surgery, I'm still having medical issues. Okay. So it was kind of hard to focus on uh, thinking and dealing with the news that I just got because I'm still going through okay. medical issues. Which, do you mind sharing? Or just to so, name a few? Right. So, mind you, I go into um, hospital September 6th, supposed okay. to be discharged September 8th. Had the second surgery September 8th. So now, of course, I'm going to be in there a couple more days. Right. But now I'm still having these symptoms of I can't keep food down. Okay. I can't even keep water down. I couldn't even take ice. So okay. now um, because I'm not taking anything down mm -hmm. and before, if you ever have any kind of abdominal surgery, you have to be able to pass gas before they let you go home. Oh, wow. They have to know that your bowels are working. Yeah. Mines were not working. I could not pass gas, and I could not keep anything down. Okay. Um, so eventually, they're not knowing why. Okay. They just do not know why. I've now had to go through just a smaller procedure to get a pick line, which is feeding me nutrients, nutrients, nutri nutrients through my veins. Right. Um. But yet, I'm still. So like, now we're looking at about three surgeries. Now, one minor, well, but two surgeries plus the little one. Okay. But I did have a third one. Okay. Because eventually, like three days before I left, they finally found out what was going on with me. Okay. And that was um, a portion of my bowel had perforated, which means it just poked through my incision site. Mm. So because a portion of my bowel was obstructed, nothing can get. Out. through yeah so what's going in has to come out so 
And if it when, ain't going down, it's coming back up. Exactly. Makes sense. So the thing is, like, you're you, you're trying to digest something, but you kind of can't because you right. have to now look forward and focus on this. Yeah. So that was almost like another trauma in itself because now you have a surgeon coming to me. Hey, we have to do surgery again. Again. And now I'm freaking out because... Did they tell you or... No, they told okay. me. So they told me and my sister immediately came in. And my sister's a nurse, so like she knows the ins and outs of the hospital. Okay. And I immediately start crying again because I'm like, there's no way someone can withstand going through all these surgeries. I barely made it out the second one. How am I going to let this hospital put me through a third right, one? Right, right, right. So now it's like... I should be focusing on getting well and dealing with this, but because I'm going through other stuff, I can't. So honestly, it wasn't until I got out the hospital, it was a Sunday, that I actually cried again okay. when I actually thought about and you were what still in the, the hospital. You, 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 you were still in the hospital when it happened? When I no, I was so I was okay. discharged. So the Sunday okay. after I get discharged. It was one of those, it hit me. Okay. I was, my sister had came in the room to help me with my hair because because of my incision, I can't like really lift, lift my arms yeah, and sure. stuff. I can't really like stand up and shower for long. So she was like helping me do my hair because I'm like, you know what, I want to try to go to church. I mean, I can physically walk. I might need some assistance, but I want right. to go to church. Right. I've been stuck in a whole, um a hospital for two weeks. Like I want to get out. Okay. So she, we go to, so she does my hair for church. And it, for some reason, every time she would leave the room, I start crying. Right. Because now I'm like, I'm home now, and but I'm home, and now I have to look forward to what life looks like. And I know life does not look like what it looked like before I went in the hospital. Right, right, right. So and it so kind of changed everything. It okay. changed everything. So to backtrack, um, because I feel like this would be a first sign of uh, a mental health um, not necessarily an issue, but like it coming into play. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't say it here, but I'm gonna just bring it up. Um, so we had a, this talk. Um, I I found out the day of um, the day of the surgery or whatever, and um, my dad pretty much called me. I was still in the military. You said this happened in 2016. 17. 17. Okay, so I was out of the military, but I probably I think I was I think I was on uh I was reserve so i think i mm -hmm. was like at my military job yeah um so he called me let me know everything that was going on and he told me what happened i didn't know what to i didn't know what to think like because like me knowing the path that you kind of envisioned for yourself mm -hmm. it kind of just like fucked me up i don't think i cried but i think i kind of got like at this time 2017, what, 2016 to about 2018, I was dealing with my own mm -hmm. um, internal problems and my mental health issues. So it kind of goes into play. So I shut down. Mm -hmm. um, anybody that know me know before, if anything bothered me, I would shut down. Um, and that was just a lot I had to deal with. So to get into, not to really get into mine because we can talk about it, um, you know, after. You, my dad told me, I shut down. I was like, okay, I'll just call her. I think the day I called you was a Sunday. Mm -hmm. The Sunday that you really didn't feel like being bothered. Do you want to yeah. give us like the thought, like your eye, like your, your headspace on that, that particular day? So if it's the day I'm thinking you're talking about, um, so from September, pretty much September 9th to September 21st, um, because, so, to backtrack just a little bit, one of the main reasons that th the hospital did not find that was bleeding internally is because they ignored my lab work. Mm. So, um, every single day, it was, we have to get her blood work. We have to get her blood work. So, I was getting blood work drawn every single day. Okay. And, um... And that mentally took a toll on me because it's like you're you're just I feel helpless. I right. feel hopeless. Okay. 
with everything else going through my mind, and it's like, and you just keep bothering me and bothering me. So you come in, and ask me how I'm doing. At one, in. yep. At one point, what the phlebotomist came in, and I was like, "Don't touch me." I, it was like a snap, and I'm not right. mean. I'm not mean. To, She's lying. She's mean. <laughs> I am, but I'm not. Everyone loved me at the hospital because right. it was like you're here to do a job, and I appreciate what you're right, doing. Right, right. So it was like the least I can do is give you the same energy yeah. you're giving me. So everyone was nice, but one day something snapped in me, and I said, "Don't touch me." And I remember sending a text to my sister and my dad. Okay. And I said, pretty much like, I love y'all, but I don't want to see you today. And I think that was the first time I experienced depression. Okay. And I, I think it was mainly because not only were like they poking and prodding me, but that was probably one of the first moments I came to head that, holy shit, I don't have a uterus. Right. I can't have babies the way I want to have them. Okay. So, that was probably the time you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think I called you that day. I, I definitely called you that day. Because um, clearly I didn't know she didn't send me no damn text message. Um, <laughs> it's not like I could go see her anyway, but I think I had called her that day and she pretty, I called you the next day. Mm-hmm. I remember it because I called you that Monday. Um, and I had called her the next day, and I pretty much was like, you know, how's everything going? And I, I was still trying to avoid the conversation because, I mean, I had already, you know, shut down about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really, I wasn't in the headspace to really talk about it. Yeah. Um, just because of my personal, personal things. Um, so uh, I called her, I asked her, she told me, and I was just like, this is not like her. So I knew something was wrong. Um, so now you're out the hospital, you, you know, you come to terms with it. Um, did you deal with any, uh, mental health issues aside from, you know, the depression inside of the, the, um, hospital? And if so, um, if you don't want to, you don't have to, like, what did you experience and, um, did you seek help? So now that I'm out of the hospital, um, again, now I'm going to physical therapy. I just feel like there were so many different blocks in the way that prevented me from really dealing with the issue at hand. Okay. So I never felt like I really got to deal with it until like maybe months later. Okay. So as soon as I got to the hospital, now I have physical therapy because for some reason during one of the surgeries, I hadn't... They extended my arm the wrong way, and it kind of pulled like a nerve. So okay. I had this nerve issue in my arm, and I had to go to physical therapy to kind of get it out. Um, so it was like, can't really deal with it because I'm going to physical therapy now. Right. And then also, I'm studying for the bar again. Like, I had already took it once. I failed the first time. So now the second time's coming up. Judd, you got to get back into it. Right. But now... Am I really in the headspace to go and take another exam when I have this issue going on? This is what I have to face. Right. So I wind up failing the bar exam a second time. Um, And mainly in part because now that I'm kind of sharing with people what has happened, I guess people are kind of, I wouldn't say feeling bad, but one of my cousins had got pregnant. And um, with her second child, and she had asked me to pretty much adopt the baby. Right. And when I went, I was in D- I was in Baltimore to take my second exam, and I got out the exam, and she had um, pretty much told me she changed her mind. So that sent me back into, like, another different headspace, like, damn, like, God, am I not good enough? To rate, like, have kids. Right. First, I can't have my own traditionally, and now I can't even have someone else's who potentially may not have, can take care of a kid because they came to me in the first place. So now it's like, am I not good enough? And then you go through later in life, you go through the other, I don't feel like I'm a woman or I'm not, you know. You feel like you're less of a woman. Less of a woman. Yes, because, you know, like, I am a Christian, and so I do believe, like, women, we were put on this earth to 
reproduce. Right. And now I can't. So I felt like less of a woman. Okay. And um, I felt who's going to love me because I can't have kids. Right. So what does dating look like? What does marriage look like? Will I even get married because of this issue now that I have? So those were kind of the different things. So it, and to this day, it still affects me. So I do go through my like emotional roller coasters up and down. Okay. Um, personally, I did not seek help, and um, why is that? I just got to a point where I can talk about it. Okay. Um, but I'm also the kind of person that. I don't need to seek out. So all you're going to do when you go to a therapist is talk. They'll maybe ask you questions to gear you, like to get the conversation for you to talk. But I can do that. I'm very open and family. We're close with family. Right, right, right. And they serve the same purpose. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, go and and talk. It's more like a uh, you understand because not only are you trying to pry out information, you don't have to pry out Mm -hmm. information. You know me already, so I don't have to sit here and tell you, well, when I was three years old. Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me when I, I finally did decide to go to therapy. I was always depressed. I was mm-hmm. angry. You know that. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I couldn't do a lot of things. And um, suicidal at one point. Um, I never really, I don't think I ever really told you this. Um, but it was just a lot. It was just a lot, man. I was, I was uh, young. Um, I wasn't really that young, but I, mean, <laughs> I was young, um, single parent. Not, you know, not that I didn't have help, um, but I was in Texas. I had just got out of a relationship that, you know, that puts a toll on you. Mm-hmm. Um, struggling to find a job, struggling to keep a job. And then, you know, around that time, um, Hurricane Harvey happened. So, you know, I was living in Houston. A hurricane happened. So I'm, you know, I finally get a job and I'm. it's going good. And Hurricane have literally yeah. lost my job the day after. So I literally, while the morning of storm, like the day the storm happened, um, literally didn't know that was going to be my last time going into work. It wasn't until months later when everything cleared out to where, you know, had to go do um, demo jobs. So basically a company from California came and would basically demo out the houses after the insurance, you know, repraised them and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that was a, got that, you know, got that job. And then it wasn't, it just, one day it just stopped. Mm-hmm. No explanation, no, um, hey, we're done here. Nothing, just stopped. Um, so it was just a lot going on, uh, didn't, didn't know what to do. So I kind of just dealt with, you know, some suicidal thoughts. I was always angry, hella depressed, lonely, you know, the typical mental, mental, uh, health issues that one, and then, you know, you don't want to talk as a man, you don't want to talk to nobody because it's just like that pride and you don't want to feel, you know, like less of a man, vulnerable, whatever the case. You don't want to put your pride aside for two seconds. And that was really my big thing. Um, so, may I ask a question? Yes. So, besides maybe the fact that, you know, you're a man and I'm a woman, so typically women would go seek um, mental health right. counselors versus men. But for us it was vice versa me right. i didn't seek them because i i found refuge in right. my friend and some family versus you you found it in a counselor do you what made you go that route versus talking to your family so mind you i want to say my all of my inner problems probably started and I was always an angry child. <laughs> but that's just because, you know, I was just, I just was angry. I, 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 did, I didn't get my way. So it wasn't really because, like, I wake up, like, mad at the world. Um, so I've always dealt with certain things um, just because of how we were raised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to go into our situation in death, but we wasn't raised by our real parents. Mm-hmm. 
And our rural parents lived <laughs> 15, 20 minutes up the street. Yeah. Um, and barely did see him. So that was a, a another big thing um, that I held. Uh, I didn't want to let people in because it's just like, if I let you in, like, you're just going to leave like the rest of them did. So you had, like, abandonment issues Yeah, then. super, like, super. And I was very, like, I didn't want to love. I didn't care. I didn't care to open up, which is why, like, the earlier stages when I did start getting sexually active, I could, you know, dibble and dabble with who I wanted to because, like, I'm not, I don't have no commitment to you. I could just go on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. See, that's. That's so ironic because we have the same situation, but you saw yours as abandonment issues, and I, I, I didn't. Right. So the very people for you that you thought you could, family, I'll put quote-unquote right. family, you don't go to them because these are the same people that could potentially abandon you. Yeah, so, and wow. then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, well, I feel like the only people I could talk to was you. We've had conversations. Mm-hmm. Was maybe Lee. And then, of course, Adrian. It wasn't many people who I could feel I could go talk to. Mm-hmm. Like, you can talk to daddy. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Right. You could talk to sister. Like, I could, but it just the relationship me and sister had was wasn't different. The, yeah. yeah, it was different. Like, that's mm-hmm. my sister, but, like, y'all live together. It yeah. was It was very different for me. Um, so then, you know, fast forward, of course, you know, I'm in the military. The military didn't make it any better because mm-hmm. it's just like, you don't have no sanity in the military. You just literally got to live and abide by someone else's rules. Yeah. I had a problem with authority. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always in trouble. Then, you know, the whole, I have a kid, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't planning, nor was I prepared to be a parent at that young age. I was twenty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm twenty. When I found out, twenty. When I had him, month later, I turned twenty-one. I'm still want to live. Yeah. So I'm dealing with that. Soon as I had a kid, six months, five months later, I get deployed. Mm-hmm. So here I am. Thousands of miles away, mind you, I grew up with family. Mm-hmm. It was always, we were very close. Yeah. We didn't necessarily have to talk about everything, but I was I was family. Yeah. So now here I am by myself. Like, I joined the military, I jo- joined the military to kind of get on my own. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize the hold it would have. Like, it, mm-hmm. it just hit harder. I'm by myself. It's what I wanted. But now it's just like... I can't get off of work and just run home and just, you know, be with my family. Yeah. I'm missing holidays, birthdays. So then I had my son, of course, and then uh, I get deployed. Now I'm away from my son. My son, five months. Like, I'm away from my son. I'm dealing, not only am I dealing with missing something that I have grew to be attached to mm-hmm. after already dealing with, like, damn, like, how am I going to make it? At that time, mm-hmm. when I found out, I was making $700 every two weeks. Yeah. Right, and that wasn't enough to take care of myself. Yeah. Let alone me and a child. So of course, you know, I struggled like damn. Like my thought process was, I have to be a better parent than my parent was. Mm-hmm. Everything I didn't get that I asked for, I have to give for my son. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't got it, I'm figure out how to go get it. That was my mindset. So I put a lot of pressure on myself, not realizing that I did have the help. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, of course, now I'm away. I got to deal with the bullshits and the struggles of the military again. Um, it's already hard being black in the military, so now you just got to deal with the extra bullshit that you you deal with. Um, I already I'm stereotyped. I'm a black kid from the hood that don't know no better. I had my first sergeant telling me, look me in the eyes, I'm going to kick you out of my fucking army. That's crazy because you're not even from the hood. Exactly. <laughs> like, so it's just like, damn, like, Fuck, you hear what I'm saying? Like, damn, like y'all already Count is me on out. my head. Yeah. yeah. So now I gotta, like, I'm sitting on eggshells with y'all. I can't see my son. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm dealing with the the issues me and my baby mom dealing with. Okay. It's just a lot of shit that was going on. Yeah. So then, of course, I get back from deployment. You know, I'm in a relationship. I deal with my first relationship problem. That 
puts a strain on a relationship. So now I'm walking on eggshells in my relationship. Mm. Baby mom, you know, the whole, I'm that's not your kid. I've heard that. I've got put on child support. I was sending back $700 to come to find out that the $700 wasn't even just like rent for my son. Mm-hmm. It was going elsewhere. And that was like, damn, like, what the fuck? So, like, I wanted to stop doing it, but then I got another fucking obstacle because I my unit get a phone call that I'm not taking care of my kid. Yeah. So now I'm sitting here. They already trying to find a reason to kick me out. This gives them one reason, target on my back. So now it's just like we need everything he do. He can His uniform cannot be armed. We getting him. Mm-hmm. The minute he says something, we don't like disrespect to him. So it was just a lot. So I come home, deal with the relationship issue. So, of course, that put a strain on my relationship. I'm already away from my... I'm 10 hours away from my girl at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can't be there for her the way she want me to be there. I'm dealing with getting back, re, you know, reintegrated into, you know, I get my son. Mm-hmm. Now I got to deal with baby mom, her new man problems, which was none of his doing all of hers but men being men it's so just, just like had a lot ego. of stuff it, coming at you literally at a lot, once. A lot. Yeah. so then i so november i get back to uh mind you that always happened i got back october november i came home for the whole month november i dealt with my first relationship problem December, I came back home. Within the first two weeks of December, I'm dealing with the baby mom bullshit, all that. Child support, that's not your kid. I break my shoulder. So now everything is just like how you felt. Like, I wasn't the cause of my broken shoulder, but it was like, damn. So here I am. Just got back. Got my kid. Now I can't take it. I got a fucking broken shoulder. My dominant hand, right hand. Mm -hmm. So, get surgery, whatever the case may be, I had just came home. So I told everybody, I called my dad, like, hey, I just broke my shoulder. I'm, I want to cry because, like, they said I can't play football no more. I'm like, damn. That's when I wanted to cry. I didn't care about breaking my shoulder. But then it was like, it was harder. So, like, now I'm, I'm out here living with a broken shoulder. It finally healed. Didn't heal. Still ain't healed the way I wanted to. That was the reason why I had to get out the military. And it was almost my time to go, like, get out anyway. Had I not broken my shoulder, I would have been in Germany, living it up. Mm-hmm. I literally was about to sign my life away for another three, four years to go to Germany mm-hmm. that day, that the that same day. Broke my shoulder that morning. Damn. Couldn't sign it no more. And I had talked about it the week before. I didn't tell nobody. Like, this is probably the first time you heard about it. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, like, I was definitely going to Germany. Like, my paperwork was drafted. Like, you were going to be reassigned to Germany. So, Jeremiah was going to Germany. Yes. Wow. Like, we were going to Germany. Well, I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. (laughs) Well, y'all would have eventually found out. Selfishly. Yeah. I'm glad. So, it it was definitely, like, Germany was, all I had to do was sign my name on the dotted line. Wow. That's all I had to do. So, what did that do to you mentally? I was mad because it's just like, damn, like. My son can see a new place. Like, mm-hmm. I'm already a single parent, so I already came to terms with that. Mm-hmm. And then December, well, I was still in a relationship, so of course that probably would have fast forward the process of the marriage and whatnot. And that, of course, you know, she just would have had to come to Germany too. However, she didn't, then you know, just save a whole bunch of extra money. Um. So then it was like, damn. All right, whatever. Got out of my s- surgery for my shoulder. It was another problem on the relationship. Went through my phone. Didn't really see nothing. Just seen someone who I was texting. And it was just made bigger than what it was. So now here I am on leave for 30 days, sitting in the house. Can't do nothing. I literally high on medicine. I wake up just to take medicine. It's rare that I ate. I didn't really eat for 30 days. Um, So finally got better. Had to drive all my left hand. Still Back to El Paso, I'm getting out of the military. Still, they're trying to kick me out for some strange reason. Um, I got into a real deep depression. I was depressed. I was like, damn, I could be in Germany right now. I had a lot of dudes that I was cool with, but I wasn't. I just wasn't happy. Like, My life wasn't where I wanted it to be. I was just like, fuck. 
started drinking, became an alcoholic. Um, super bad. I literally would wake up and drink. Getting into fights. My car got shot at. Just a lot. Just a lot. Um, one, and then Dominique's wedding, I went cold turkey. Because the last time I drank. For, and then uh, even for like a year and a half. Um, 2018, you graduated from... Law school, yeah, 2017. Yeah, the same year. So 2017, of course, I'm getting out. I mean, my relationship is on a is, is ending. So we're just we're just holding on to a thin string. I go go have fun uh, <laughs> for your your graduation. I tell everybody it, our relationship. My relationship was so bad. One bad thing could have just started an argument. I told them, don't record don't a picture record of me. You. <laughs> don't post a picture of me. Don't I don't yeah. none of that. And that basically was because, like, my relationship, a couple months. Crazy thing is, that party probably was the highlight of 2017 for me. Not knowing that was going to be the highlight because 2017 was, like, a lot at once. Yeah. Because right before graduation, I had just got out of a a toxic relationship. Okay. Then I graduate, which was great. Then I go to have the surgery, so now I'm dealing with that, and then fail the bar exam. So it was like 2017 was like throwing daggers on yeah. daggers on no. daggers. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yes, definitely. And it's just like, how do you deal with that and still come yeah. out strong? Like some people can't. Like yeah. no, definitely. not to say you did it, but for you, you fell in you you fell into like an evil, and that yeah. was alcoholism. Um. I think God, like that's not where you are anymore. But I'm, now, but not, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm alcoholic. Breaks, but for me, I know what keeps me going every day. But right. for you, what was it for you that like caused you? I can't do the alcoholism no more. And then how? It was like, a lot. How did it you was find, a lot of Eventually, things. find your happiness because today I'm sh- like. I live with you now, and I'm so, you know, you, you mentally you're in a better place. Yeah, definitely. How did you get there? So, this after... This kind of just took, like, a switch. Yeah, like a, yeah. <laughs> so, if I'm finally getting interviewed. Yeah, I know. This so, is J Lovely J coming to you. <laughs> so, after, 2000, like, 2017 was my bad year. Okay. Yeah. So, literally, got out the military, moved to Houston, month later, got bad breakup. Moved out on my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that was literally the same, but what I was just saying, like, moved out on my own. I I had my son. So now I'm a single parent doing it on my own, still trying to make it in between jobs, you know, trying to, you know, pay a daycare when I could. Um, It was just a lot. Like, and I still did it. Didn't really complain. Still did it. Uh, I think my electric maybe went off twice. But other than that, I still found a way. Um, 2017, I had to go to, thank God. This is this was kind of where it turned around. Um, so still in the same year. Still, all, this, all this happened in the same year. But eventually it turned around in the same year. Uh, No. But oh, this so is where it was like the start of it. Because in okay. 2018, I just it just hit me again. Okay. Um, so I'm just kind of go fast, a little fast. Got to my, had to go to a military assignment for my reserve job. My dad came. I met my dad in San Antonio. He came and picked up Jeremiah. I went to where I had to go. I came back. When I came back, of course, I went back home. Um, kind of just figured some shit out. I was like, you know what? I'm not dealing with Houston no more. Fuck Houston. Not dealing with Houston no more. Decided to up and go to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Went to San Antonio. Um, and it was, you know, when I went home in November. I went home in that November is when the same time Pop-Pop died. Mm-hmm. So I was literally still, it was hurricane. Then we went to our our uh, AT or whatever. Found out my grandfather, found out Pop-Pop died or whatever. Of course, and I was just like, damn. Which one? Because we had actually two grandfathers to pass away in that uh, time frame. Simpson. Okay. Lee. Okay. Found out he died. And then went home. You know, and I stayed home from November to like January. In January, I decided I was not, I was fuck Houston. I literally went to Houston, put everything I could in my car. I, I called one of my homies, like, hey, can you just put this in the stores for me? Like, 
boom, he put it in his house for me because he lived in Houston. And then, like, literally took everything that I could that was in my car, San Antonio, moved with my uncle, 2018. Now, came home 2018, January, was in school, all this, this, that, and third. Like, turning my life around, like, fuck, I'm going to just do something. Uh, first day of class, I get a call from you, Barb, Jeff, uh, my baby mom, dad, like, she's mm. not here. So, literally, my first day of school, I literally went to San Antonio, and I turned my life around. Was there for, like, two weeks, already had a job, already enrolled in the school. My mm. life is great. My life is getting lit. Like, mm. I'm like, all right, boom, I'm doing something. First day of class, I get a call. Oh, well, you know, Brene's nowhere to be found. That's my baby mom's name. Brene's nowhere to be found. She got Jeremiah with her. I call her, like, yo, where my son at? Just take my son to my, my stepmom, bro. Like, fuck all the bullshit. That's what it is. Come to find out she went to Hawaii. So now I'm pissed. Emotions everywhere. Not talking to my son. I'm calling. I'm getting bullshit excuses. Not talking to my son. I reached out to each other. I'm mad. Mad as fuck. Can't see my son. I'm finna... Can't say what I wanted <laughs> to say. But it was just a lot of lot of shit going. I was I was, I was was mad, bro. Mm-hmm. So then... um. So then... Uh, what happened? I called you. I'm like, bro, like... I'm really finna snap. You, t- you gave me, like, the best advice that I could have did in the whole situation. Call him, which was my baby mom's husband at the time. Call him. Called him. Figured out all the shit that was going on. A whole bunch of bullshit. Figured it out. So that was maybe, like, mid, like the middle of the year. That Christmas, I literally spent, like, over four and a half, like, four, $4,500 to go fly. I was only in Hawaii for eight hours. I flew. Went to pick him up, stayed overnight for a couple hours, and flew back. Mm-hmm. Put him in school. Everything was good. This is that and the third. Didn't really deal with none of it. So then, of course, like, I was still dealing with that. Damn, like, I'm, I need to be a better father. This is that and the third. So one day, I couldn't. I, I was away from my family. So I couldn't just how you could easily just, like, hey, this is what's going on. I didn't need to talk to y'all. Like, you could just drive up the street or just walk to the next room. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah. So it was, we had a, I was, I just got my, I sunk back. I sunk back into a hole, but I didn't get into like, um, like, you know, drinking or anything. I sunk back into a hole. I was like hella depressed. I didn't want to do nothing. I was motivated. I was unmotivated. We had a health, um, thing, um, for my unit. And this one lady, black lady, she was a nurse. She was like, something's wrong with you. Nah, I'm fine. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what? Am I sick? Like, what? Mm-hmm. She was like, nah. I've seen you before. Like, because I've I've been in the unit for a couple, like, like two years almost now. She seems like some, some not right. We start talking. She's, a, I felt like she was like the person who wrote my story because she literally was like, you're feeling like this because something happened and did it is that the third woo woo. So somebody was hitting everything on the head. Prophesizing. Yeah, she was like, she was like, "Look, you're a young man. Go, 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 do it. Go get the help you need." Mm-hmm. She was like, "Go to that lady over there." Pointed me to the lady. She, the lady was like, "What you need?" She, she was. I was like, "She's like, you need a therapist. You want to go to counseling, whatever the case may be. You want to talk to somebody?" I was like, "All that. Give me all that." So for you. Had it not been for that lady that noticed something in you to tell you to go and get counseling, I probably would have never went. Wouldn't have done it, and I would have been way. I would have still been hurt in a hole, feeling depressed. Yeah, yeah, I would have been all that, but it wasn't even. I was hurt, hurt. It was just I was so used to the hurt that I wore it. You got numb to it. yeah. Yeah, so it was just like it's normal to me, but someone to fold under this. Just our life alone, someone wouldn't be able to be as strong as we are. And you were in another toxic relationship. I was in a toxic relationship. It was good at first. It became Mm -hmm. toxic. Yeah. It could have been easily not toxic had we made the decision to leave the multiple times we wanted to leave. Yeah. So it was just that piled on the death of my sister. That, you know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't protect her. So that made me angry. I knew the person who did it. Like, knew him, knew him. That made me angry to the fact that you used to look me in my eyes 
and we used to have conversations. Right. For you to do, I knew you knew that was my sister. Mm-hmm. That, you know, my, my grandfather, me and my dad beefing at the time, and we beefed for a year and a half. So it was just like, at that point, I, I didn't care. But then it was just like, I was like, damn, bro, like, I, wa- I wanted help, but I didn't know how to go get it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I knew something was wrong with me, but I didn't want to accept the fact. Man, that first fucking session, like, of course, I was acting like, oh, yo, like. Nonchalant, like yeah, a man. like oh, me. And then hearing? she was just asking questions, and it just started pouring out. And then I've learned a lot about myself, a lot. And then it was mm-hmm. just, it was just a healing process after that. And then it was, I I found different outlets mm-hmm. of when I do get feel a certain type of way. I do music now. Um, the podcast, like I, like, you know, I just wanted to do a podcast. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. I literally said it on a Friday, did it on a Saturday, dropped my first episode on a Sunday. So I just, I'm finding different ways to, to cope because I, I'm not a sad or depressed person now. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's nothing to be sad and or depressed about because I'm with my family now. Yeah. Like, since I moved back here in, in February, it was like, we've always done something. Despite, you know, Corona happening. Yeah. February, your birthday. You know what I'm saying? We turned up for your birthday. Then Adrian's birthday, Jeremiah. Like, it was just always something, something to do. Yeah. We always was doing something. So for you, as long as... Not to say as long as, but for you, it's been easy to get back to this happy place because you have happiness surrounding you. Yeah, de- uh, yeah most right. definitely. Like when, you, when you're so used to being able to walk across the hall... At 36, mm-hmm. I could walk across the hall and just, what's up, Jada? What you doing? Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be doing shit or we sitting in the living room. Or like even when I used to come home and we always would just like just chill. Not even, we ain't even really had to do nothing. It was those moments where I felt like myself. It wasn't to where like, you know, I'm by myself and I can, you know, I used to talk to you. The only, the person I talked about more about, more about my relationship was Adrian. Mm-hmm. But other than everything else was going on, we damn near talked every day. You know, if you wasn't fucking calling for Jeremiah, annoying us, like, we literally talked every day. Yeah. So it was the times when I would come home and we would just chill and sit at 36 and just, it just be, you know, fun. Like, we sit in the living room and the dance battle or we all just drinking (laughs) beer or we playing songs. It was moments like that where it was just, you kind of miss shit like that because yeah. you can't just drive 20 minutes mm-hmm. to, you know what I'm saying, do that. So once I got here, it was, everything just kind of changed because I was like, I was, I was relieved. I already went through therapy. So I already knew like my problems and I already mm-hmm. got it off my chest. I come to terms with the person I was. Right. So then I also came to terms with like, what I needed around me to keep me who I am now. Mm-hmm. And that was just family. I literally came home. I Family, bro. Literally, the people I hang out with, you know, for this, aside from a couple of people I grew up with, but I've known them way longer than the typical friends know each other. So, like, they're like family now. Yeah. So that kind of just what kind of keeps me, keeps me going. But before I... I reached out because I didn't have that outlet. And, you know, when you don't have an outlet, you kind of got to find power from somewhere else. Yeah. So that was kind of my power. That's why I went to therapy. And I didn't quite realize that all the anger and hurt I was holding in was, you know, making me who I was. And I was, to come to terms with, I was very, I was a very, clearly a broken person, but that then in terms made me a very toxic person. Mm-hmm. Because when so, when someone is expecting of something and you don't care enough to give it, it's just like, damn. So that was that was pretty much what it is. What it, well, what it is. What it was. Yeah. And that's just how I came to it. That's why I just did therapy, like, because I didn't have my friends, like, my family around. And you didn't do therapy because you had family yeah. around. But honestly, to go back to that point, because I always say God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. And at this point in life, like, people have, we're at this age where people are making their own families and they have their own things. For like, sure. 
for instance, like I was living with my sister before I lived on my own, and she has two kids, and she wound up getting married. So now she has pretty much her own family because when she well, got she married, has three kids, she, she had two well, kids she had she had two kids in the house. Sorry. So when she got married, she inherited even more kids. So they have their family, and then you know, dad's doing his own thing, and you know, everyone has everyone. All my siblings have kids except like the younger, younger ones, but. All my older siblings have kids, right. so everyone has their family. I think I'm the youngest one that got a kid, like your younger sibling. Yes. Your youngest sibling that has a kid. Yes, you are. Um, so, honestly, even when I went through what I went through, I didn't feel I could actually go to my family to actually talk and they be an outlet. For me, when I was going through my healing, I actually had a friend. Um, and I met him about two months after I went through what I went through. Wow. I, I, th- I thought y'all knew each other way longer than that. No. And wow. it's crazy because I just felt like that friendship grew f- very fast. Okay. Um, because it just it's, it just felt natural. And I, right. and I say I feel like he's really God sent because I think I never right before I met him and this situation was happened with me I always was going to wonder how would I tell a potential lover Yeah, and that's that what I that's that's what I want to talk about next as far as dating and things. Yeah. Like that. So, um we actually went on a date and I had already felt I knew him for months. Right. And so I actually told him the same night. Okay. And I only know him for about an hour before Couple, he actually yeah. found out. Okay. And um it felt natural to tell him, but at the same time, it felt scared to tell him. Because I did not know what was going to happen after that. Right. But as I said, I do feel he was God sent because when I tell you, he pretty much, if he had a counselor's degree or a therapist's degree or a PhD, a MD or whatever, he would earn every single dollar that I have to pay him for his time because when I went through... What I was going through, there were times, um, so um, a lot of people know I did sue um, for medical malpractice. Okay. And uh, there were times where, you know, I would get information from the, you know, my lawyer as far as what was going on in the case. And so some days were overwhelming and he was my go-to person. Right. And when I tell you, I don't let people see me cry. I don't. I try not to cry, and I don't let people see me cry if I do. That's like me. Exactly. I, I mean, I already said earlier in the podcast, as soon as my sister walked out the room, I cried. And right. when she walked back in, I stopped. Right. This person, she's the one that knew me at that point 25 years, right. and I didn't even cry in front of her. Now that you got this friend who's only known me at this point a couple months, and I'm on his shoulder crying. And he was that, and it felt natural. And I right, was right, like, right. I say all the time. I think God sent him in that, sent him at that time that he did because he knew I wouldn't probably feel comfortable going to my family knowing that they have their own thing going on. Right. And so he's been like God's godsend. He has. Yo, that that I just learned something. I just I thought y'all knew each other before that happened. No. Well, no. shout out to him, man. Because <laughs> like that. Well, I mean, it does seem natural. Because yeah. it's been clearly, it's been longer it's since been, then. It's been over two years now. Yeah. Yeah. But I met him like a year and a half ago, like mm-hmm. literally, probably when y'all first just became friends. Mm-hmm. So, but I literally thought y'all knew each other. That's that's dope. Yeah. So now, um, with that, how? Because you said you you did don't know how you would potentially tell someone. Do you feel as though that would stop someone from? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I get, I get. That's more my feeling. Okay. Because it could be completely the opposite. Right. Way. Um, but I feel like, in my mind, I feel like someone gets pregnant, they have maternity shoots, they have baby showers. At their baby shower, they have bellies, right. and it's like. That is not how it all will look for me. I won't right. get to have a, a photo shoot pregnancy belly. I won't get to have, be pregnant at my baby shower, you know? So I was like, 
I know how I feel. Right, I right, wouldn't right. particularly like it. So I don't know who would openly subject themselves to that. And that's, in my mind, I'm sure there's plenty of men out there that would. But in my mind, it's like, there's probably none. Is, And I'm not trying to put your business. Is that why you don't date now? Or I, I wouldn't say you don't date because I really don't know if you do. But is that why you're so like standoffish to dating? Because oh, you yeah. don't want to really deal with that. Like at least the no the saying it and not knowing what's gonna come after mm-hmm. because that could that that could be a deal breaker. Yeah. I mean I've had one guy and you know, I we were talking, I I brought it out, he didn't understand it, so when I actually had to like break it down to him I didn't hear from him after that. Mm. So I know there are going to be guys who wow. can't deal with it. Yeah. I ha- I just haven't found the one who is going to. But that is partially why right. I don't date. Like, who okay. who wants to deal with rejection? Right. Especially no rejection that you didn't even, for something. That's not even, like, your fault. That's not my fault. Right. I can see if you reject me because you think I'm ugly. Right, that, right, right. That kind of, that's it. That's <laughs> even my fault. That's my parents' fault. But, like. <laughs> Damn not, you, parents. By the way, I'm not ugly. I don't think I am anyway. But um, it's not like you're rejecting me because I don't keep my hair done and my nails right or or my feet ugly. No, you're rejecting me for something that happened to me. Right. So that it's a hard pill to swallow. Um. So it's one of those kind of put it off as long as you can. Mm, Yeah. But at the same time, there's gonna come a time where I do date. Which right. is a whole nother beast in itself, because it's like, well, how long do you wait to tell them? Right. Do you wait till they actually fall for you, have genuine feelings, and then put it on them, and now they're mad at you that you didn't tell them and give them the option, right. or do you tell them right away and potentially don't even know what it could grow into? So, mm. oh, so much to think about, and it's it's one of those for my peace of mind. Right. I try not to think about it. Oh, it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Um, is there anything else you want to say, uh, before we, you know, wrap it up? Uh, no. Um, I guess you're going to go through something in life, um, intentionally or non-intentionally. Um, but your character is, will say a lot about how you get through it. Right. And you just have to find out what works for you in order to get through things. Mm. I haven't quite figured it out. It's still pretty new to me. Um, I mean, although it's been three years, I'm still really young. So I still have a whole life to live. Um, So for me, it'll still be like, it's a learning process every day, but you have to see what works for you. For me, it wasn't getting counseling. Um, Not to say it won't happen in the future, but um, I did see a little like... Um, religious guidance, but more or less, I found refuge in a friend. And um, whenever I go through those moments, that's who I seek, right. and it gets me through every time. Shout out to your so, friend. Um, shout out to him. So go ahead and plug your Instagram so people can follow you, uh, Facebook <laughs> if you want to. Uh, uh, I probably get my Instagram wrong every single time. Uh, J Lovely J. It'll be right in the description, okay. so if she say it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> J Lovely J. Okay. Yes. Um. So if you had to leave the people with a quote, I'm putting you on the spot. I don't Ooh. have one, so I'm gonna just kind of go off the whim, be some motivational. Oh, I know, and, and okay. I use this in my uh, high school valedictorian speech. Because she was smart. <laughs> smart. Let the worst of your todays be the best of your tomorrows. I think I heard that on a um, Jay-Z song. That's exactly I think I helped who you with it's that. from. I gave That's you that. That's exactly who So did you credit me for think, your speech? I don't think you, didn't you, even listen you weren't to even song. there when I wrote it. Yes, I was. I Googled it. <laughs> no, she's a liar. It was um, like the best. <laughs> Uh, my quote would be, I wrote one, I wrote down a good one at work. I'll be, I'll be writing down quotes to give y'all and I don't even know where the paper is. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think my quote was good enough for the people Yeah, today. definitely. We'll, we'll just leave with that. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just let the, 
whatever she said, that the best of you today is be the worst of your tomorrows. Um, definitely. Uh, but thank y'all for coming you in. You said that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that the best of your days be the worst of your tomorrow. The worst That's of your today is be the best of your tomorrow. Right. There we go. <laughs> I said it all fucked up. Um, it's late. It's, <laughs> it's late. definitely late. Um, but thank y'all for coming in, tuning in to another episode of Ain't No Way to Podcast. This definitely was an episode to um, that kind of kind of changed the changed the, the flow of how the flow of yeah. how they were. It kind of yeah. was a, a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for you know being able to share, and we do talk about that. And thank you for sharing. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely the first time that you know. People have heard my what I was going through. Yeah. Um, definitely, if we're going to talk about mental health and and uh, trauma, definitely need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of uh, Ain't No Way the Podcast. Definitely want to thank my sister um, for sharing her story. Um, love every single one of y'all that listen to it. Merch is definitely available for pre order. Um, so cop up on your merch. We got shirts available. Um, but yeah, thank you. This is your boy, No Way Jose. And this is Jay, Lovely Jay. Uh, thank thank you. y'all for listening. I started with Reggie. I'm talking asparagus. I'm heavy on veggies. Bitch, we ballin' and blowin'. Seven bottles of Moet. Your credit card declined. Bottles had to